how come your billables are so low? You need to get your billables up. This is their very first in-person meeting post-pandemic. Why do you think the billables are low, you fucking idiot? Like, are you stupid? Is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalou. Hello, hello, and welcome to another inspiring week of our podcast, Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Uh, Christopher and I are so excited to talk about today. But before we do that, let me just check in with Christopher. Christopher, how's your normal? What do you mean we're excited? You don't know. You didn't check in with me before. What makes you think I'm excited? Actually, I'm not excited. (laughs) I'm checking in now. (laughs) I made an assumption there. I I feel... I feel, uh, sorry about that throat clearing there. Sorry about that. Uh, I feel tired and worried, honestly. Mm-hmm. Worried or weary? Worried and weary. Weary and weary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, Kyle? I We've been coaching a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and we've, we've coached thousands of people in one-on-one settings. And we've coached over 10,000 people in group settings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And I'm watching what's happening right now. I'm what, you know, things are opening up where we are in the world. And basically mm-hmm. we're not really back to normal. I don't know what normal is anymore. Like I don't, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, people are moving forward with their lives, but Kyle, they're not moving forward with their lives. Like people are still exhausted. Like in my personal practice, I am seeing more burnout now than I think I've ever seen. Like even during the pandemic, there's more burnout now than there was um, during pandemic. I think people are just, you know, it's like, um, you ever been in that situation, Kyle, where it's like you're so stressed and pent up and working so hard and then you go on vacation and you get sick? it's like your body just kind of goes like it's interesting yes it's interesting you said that only because you know i was just gonna say when you said burned out the trigger has been stress and and i find a lot of my clients didn't even recognize their stress right because they've done so well of trying to move through it and is moving through it and and we've also heard people say because i i used to be that way where it took me two days on a vacation to get you know, to really kind of level down before I could start vacationing, you know, and some people said, oh, it takes me two to three days. And then you only have two, three days wherever you went, and then you have to come back. And they're like, what's the point, right? So I agree with you. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, you know, Kyle, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I'm going to share a couple of stories and I'm mad. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm mad right now, actually. I'm, I'm angry. I'm angry with leadership, girl i love leadership but come on i'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a couple on stories we, sometimes like i got a comment before you get into that i got a comment mm-hmm. a couple times and they said you know i know you guys are trying to help leadership but it almost sounds like you know you're ragging on them sometimes i and know I'm like, listen the leaders who do not want to improve or develop will feel that 
I said, I agree. I'm not going to apologize. I, you know what, Kyle? I agree with you. They're going to write. The I, I, do, I, I agree with their comment. I do think mm-hmm. we rag on leadership. I've been called out for that before, not even just mm-hmm. on this pa- podcast. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry, if you're in leadership, I recognize that you are also a human being, but show mm-hmm. your human side right. and then we'll stop ragging on you. When you come forward and say, I'm also struggling, I've made a mistake, I'm sorry. And you stop getting on your high horse and thinking that everything you do is right just because you're the leader. And you start to say, I don't know if it's right, but somebody's got to make a decision. And maybe the decision I've made was the wrong one. Or you recognize that your people are struggling just as hard as you are. Um, then I'll stop ragging on you. Um, sure, and and I agree. Like, I think, I think when people are faced with what they don't want to hear, and this is the challenge, exactly. Kyle, that mm-hmm. I think we often face in our style of coaching, which is that um, leaders don't want to be told that their shit stinks, but their shit stinks. Absolutely. And here's the piece. I learned this. And it's not all leaders. I'm not saying that, but I would say less than half. I'd say less than a quarter are what I would call good, well-polished leaders who continue to do their own personal work. Absolutely. I remember something my mom said, I usually use it when I'm faced with that type of scenario where someone says, you know, I'm ragging on leaders as well. You know, my mom said, you know, I was was in my junior years of a leader and she said, it is your responsibility as I was, you know, about to broach into leadership. She's like, it's your responsibility. She goes, you know, parents thing is to try to keep their their kids safe. And when they leave the house and they go to work, it's the leader's responsibility to keep them safe. Like someone has to. And you notice you ever see a, a court case where it comes to labor laws and stuff like that. The judge always is heavier on the leader because they're saying you ought to know better, right? It is your responsibility as a leader to make sure there's fair practice and all that other stuff. So that is why we tend to sometimes rag on it. And again, we're not just pulling this stuff because we're just bashing leaders. We're actually trying to give you nuggets to actually make it way more human for you and way more effective for the people who you're leading because they want you to lead. And one last point I'll say on this is that I find employees in the front lines, you know, they're way more forgiving. They're way more forgiving. A leader sometimes could just do one little thing and they're going to be like, okay, great. That's fine. That's fantastic. Right? So I just think when an employee leaves, and I don't know about you and your, you know, work experience, but when you left a company, how many things went wrong? Like there had to be so many things over the years would yeah. have had gone wrong before you left. You don't leave at one thing, right? You don't. You don't. So Kyle, later today, we're going to share a bit of an article written by Scott Zimmerman. Um, he's the founder of Adaptive Edge. Um, we have no affiliation with Scott or Adaptive Edge. I just think that uh, he has written this phenomenal article, which was actually in September of 2020, but I still think it's relevant today. It's called You Can't Fix What You Can't See, and it's on real-leaders.com. Nice. Um, we're we're going to share a bit of what he says, because I think he really gets to the to the nuts and bolts of, um, of kind of what's going on. I want to share a couple of stories, just because I think stories can help validate people through shared experience. I've got a client right now um, uh, who works in a law firm. And this is a fairly mm, decent sized law firm in Calgary. Um, And they'll know who they are, but I won't say who they are. Um, they are bleeding people right now. Like they literally have lawyers just walking out the door. Sometimes Kyle, between two to five a week, they're losing 
two to five associates a week. This is a top heavy organization where most mm -hmm. of the organization is our partners yeah. and uh, a smaller amount of associates. So, I mean, right. you can imagine how impossible it is to move that Titanic of a ship without having good right. protocol. In any case, they're struggling. Their leadership is struggling. These these are lawyers. They're not leaders. And I'm not saying lawyers can't be leaders. But what I'm saying is that they're not trained as leaders. They're trained as lawyers. Exactly. And they're yeah. doing nothing in the organization to really um, provide leadership and support for their associates. I want to share this with, with you and our listeners, because this is the kind of bullshit that's happening right now. <laughs> Yeah. And this is why I rag on leaders. And I know it's not every leader and not every organization, course, right? Yeah. But but here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We literally, Kyle, in this, in this organization, they had their very first in-person meeting. And uh, with their associates. And do you know what their, their partner said? What's that? How come your billables are so low? You need to get your billables up. This is their very first in-person meeting post-pandemic. Why do you think the billables are low, you fucking idiot? Like, are you stupid? Like, you're stupid, right? And and is that so? So they're focused on billables, focused on billables, focused on billables, and they're bleeding people. And they're like, hmm, no connection there, right? And so it's like, I I just. I don't understand. I don't understand. Now, like I understand, I understand why they're focused on, sure. on, on billables and this kind of thing. But what a sh like, yes, you have to be. I mean, the billables approach, from my perspective, is the is the way of the dodo. It's an archaic motivational exactly. system that doesn't work anymore. And I understand that. But it's like, are you serious? Like people are literally just coming out of this. They're emotionally drained. They're psychologically drained. They're burnt out because of their own circumstances and people are leaving. And your first comment is how come our billables are so low? Absolutely. And, and listen, I don't want to take away anything from what you said, because that's exactly it. And you started to talk about something. I'm just going to flip it and say the flip side for those who are listening and, and watching is saying, well, yeah, billables, you have to make money. And no one is saying you don't have to make money. No one is saying money is a dirty word. The question is what path is the most effective, efficient way for you to take that is going to inspire people. Because if you're just looking at it transactionally only for that person in front of you, then it costs you more to retrain and onboard a new person to actually get them. And you're not going to get the best because you know, these type of people, when you're only focused on money, they'll make money over here, but they'll let you bleed money somewhere else. Those are the people who won't say anything when they're like, I could have said something because that could cost us money, or yep. I could take care of this equipment or it could use this tool differently, right? Yep. So we're saying, yes, there's ways you can make money. But if that is your first priority, what you've just done is you told your employees that they don't matter. What yep. matters more is money at all costs. And there's no psychological safety. Yeah. You've destroyed yeah. the trust of yeah. your people. When we look at um, Patrick Lencioni and the five yeah. behaviors of a cohesive mm -hmm. team, which is something that um, we go into organizations, we assess in teams of eight, and mm -hmm. we can uncover um, uh, trust is key. 
and oh, without trust you literally have nothing kyle do you want to talk just a little bit about yeah, where trust I, sits in that pyramid yeah so when we take a look at the pyramid and depending we may put a little quick little copy uh, in the show notes uh we'll see what uh, shane can help us with but we'll take a look at it when you take a look at the pyramid on the bottom is, is trust and if you don't have trust and i'm talking about vulnerability based trust we're not talking about well i trust you no no we're talking about i trust you enough that i'm going to share some of my stories with you i trust you enough that i have no problems engaging without feeling that you're going to reprimand me or use it against me that's the trust we're talking about and when people have that they go to the next level which is they could engage into conflict right they could have conversations with you and that's without productive feeling conflict. away well, absolutely right is where the behavior is productive it's not you know retaliate or anything right people will make commitments um so this is that i think sorry go ahead yeah and so after we do the conflict then they they could go to the third piece where it's about commitment right they're going so Kyle, to, be able to want, take commitment I, I i agree and i think commitment and then we go into results or accountability and results right absolutely i, I absolutely. want to focus on that that trust leading to productive conflict yeah. i think the point is is that right now your teams if you are a leader listening to this your teams are not telling you what mm. they need to tell you because there isn't trust here's Absolutely. here's an example of destroying psychological safety in an organization i have another client works for a major company major transportation company here in canada this company said uh all mandates in our province are being lifted as of march 1st Right. and everyone is back to work on march 1st so no transition plan no check on psychological uh -huh. safety no check uh -huh. on those with immunocompromisation uh -huh. and they said and by the way there will never be a hybrid work environment in our office and i just think to myself i'm like i'm like you're going to bleed people during this labor shortage for the next 10 years and and you're just going to throw money at it and yeah money will get people in the door but it's not going to keep them there your system is archaic and you've mm. destroyed the trust literally everybody came back the entire company we're talking they have an office here that i think has maybe five or ten thousand people in it and everybody was like literally they might as well have taken the door off the hinges because everyone was moving their computer equipment back in, all of their office stuff after you know nearly two full years of being away and everyone's back on the same day. So there's no trust, like, like it's like, and everyone's like, uh, and, and the people in the company, Kyle, don't feel like they have a voice. They don't feel like they can say anything because it's so punitive that they're just gonna get fired. And I'm like, and like shame on you shame yeah. on you and just in some context is this a company the organization they were for over two years they were able to do the job from home or is it predominantly when be? there when okay. there were when restrictions were were lifted in in their main province right they would send people back into the office for a few months at a time so usually oh, i think I they came back maybe once or twice during pandemic times, but it was very right. short lived. And right. and a lot of people had options and they took more of a phased approach to it. Right. Um, but now not. They, but now, and, and the thing is, is like, it's not, I, I think the thing is that if you're just looking at COVID research, which is, I think there's good research. I think there's a lot of bad research in quotations. But I think the point is, is that you're like, well, this is what COVID is. And this is what the government mandate is. And so we shouldn't be worried about it. And it's like, I agree. I think that that it's okay for us to feel safer and more comfortable with the fact that 
in your lifetime, you're probably going to contract a COVID virus and you're probably going to get through it for most of us, right? right? I think it's okay that we do that, but that doesn't mean that that's where people's psychological safety is. And so there was a complete disconnect. And this is the shit that burns my ass in organizations, Kyle. It burns my ass because they're just doing what they've always done and they're not understanding it's like well why are people leaving and then they say well you know it's 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 they they take a sour grapes approach to it and they're like they're like well you know maybe we need to cut some of this dead wood maybe we need to you know like like it's like trim the fat like this is blah 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 like so I it's think bullshit. That, yeah. So I think what we're trying to say is I do not believe, and sounds like you agree, there is no back to normal. We have just gone through a pandemic. We've just I gone agree. through something catastrophic, and everyone's organization, all these other things are quite unique. So I think what people really are doing out there is recreating their normal, right? They're recreating their new norm, and it's gonna be stressful. It's going to be leading to burnout. And I think this is where employers and employees need to really align better around what does this look like? Um, before we hear some tips that maybe you have, Christopher, I wanted to say really quickly, we have I have a client who they're in that commercial space, commercial brokerage space. And one of the things that they're helping their clients to see is to redefine the workspace, meaning they're recognizing for some organization that the workspace is not just about doing work anymore. More. It's about building culture. So therefore, they have their office set up where they're saying, hey, we get that you're going to talk, you know, at the, you know, coffee machine or the water cooler. But we want that because what is fundamental is culture, because culture will allow us to get through it from a hybrid method from in person, right? And so I admire them helping their clients see that there's another way that they can can work. What are some I, of the things that you I, think? I 100% agree with you. I think that I do think that hybrid work environment really is the way of the future. I think that mm-hmm. people do want some time in the office and they want some time out of the office. I think that we should be measuring productivity and Results, deliverables, deliverables rather than hours. Totally. Um, and I think that would solve a lot of this. Kyle, I think that we're going to have to make this a two-parter because I really want to dive into some of this stuff. Mm-hmm um from uh from scott zimmerman here in the article you can't fix what you can't see so kyle if you could give people one thing to think about or do um leaders and employees um between now and next week's podcast when we're gonna really kind of read this message out yeah, I think the main thing for me is going back to some things that we often talk about is be really clear with what you want, right? So let's not think about your boss is going to say no right away and blah, blah, blah. Let's just not think about how we're going to do it. I just think for now, if you can just be really clear by saying, what does that, and, and literally plan it through in your head, right? So what if I do go back to the office? How will I feel about it? What would I look about it? What are some things I want to be able to accomplish? Um, what if it's a hybrid method? What if it's completely stay at home? Am I set up for that? Because that's the other thing, too. I think sometimes people, you know, don't realize that they're going to do either or make sure your space or environment mentally, you're set up for it. So all I would say is until next week, think about that. Just think about what it is. We'll help you next week to talk about how do you may want to approach that with your boss or leader or others. Maybe it could be in your family. I agree with you, Kyle. And I think uh, like 
wholeheartedly, that is where the first step is. I would word it in a different way, which is identify your needs, wants, and desires, and recognize that they're all important for your life. And you need to be specific with what you know today. It's okay if they change. It's okay if you're uncertain. But just with what you know today, what do you think those needs, wants, and desires are during this time to create psychological safety and to to make your your work more enjoyable and make you fall in love with it all over again and to move through some of the burnout. Um, I think without doing that, you you leave too much in the hands. You're in the passenger seat of your life and your exactly. career if you're not sitting down and identifying these things. And even include, like I said, your environment. So if you have a partner, if you have roommates, if you have, like include those people because you may be gung-ho about it, but it may change what they do as well. So I think it's about, communicating your needs, wants, and desires to them as well. We'll see you next week. It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love inspired action, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. It is a losing strategy to attempt to succeed tomorrow with yesterday's thinking and doing. Hello.